0: All right, welcome to the Armchair Commanders Podcast. My name is John.
1: And I'm Jack.
0: And this week we are doing a bonus reel for you all. And we will be reviewing the hit musical turned film, 1776.
1: Yeah, it it was quite the biopic, you know. I didn't know there was so much singing involved with the Declaration of Independence, but you know, more the fool is I. Saltpeter. Pins. Saltpeter. <laughs>
0: oh. What do you think is more important? Saltpeter, Saltpeter or Peter. pins?
1: You already know the answer: Saltpeter. Like. I mean, yeah, you could load pins in a cannon, but without saltpeter, they those pins ain't going nowhere.
0: You know, I didn't even realize that like it wasn't until watching this film that I understood saltpeter to be like a component of gunpowder. Mm -hmm. So at least I got that going for me as learning something new. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Is that the Stuff that's... Well, the ingredients to such are like found in volcanoes.
0: I think so. Or is that sulfur?
1: Probably sulfur. Because a book I read recently, one of the antagonists gang runs out of gunpowder when they're about to get killed. And he guides them to a volcano. And he digs up bat guano... And I think it was sulfur and he digs a pit in the ground, mixes it together. And he has all the men piss on it. And yeah, he like lets it bake in the sun and voila, he has rudimentary gunpowder.
0: That sounds like the worst, like easy bake oven recipe ever.
1: Oh, it's a blast. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like the fourth time I've made that,
1: made that joke on this podcast.
0: You know this this uh, this episode would have been a lot more um would have would have been a lot more seasonal had we gotten it out the day that we had originally planned it to be, which was Fourth of July. But yeah, that was my bad. Unfortunately, scheduling works out and fun. It really does so had you ever seen this film before
1: Mm-mm. i hadn't even heard of it
0: so what, what so i know i i i did a poor job of describing this film to you um, no you didn't well if i remember correctly i think i just told you like think of it as like a goofy hamilton
1: yeah you you told me it's a musical about the declaration of independence and i got exactly what was written on the tin it was in fact a, a goofy musical kind of in the vein of hamilton with worse choreography but hamilton like nonetheless you know
0: right you know i uh I actually had this, this brought up kind of a weird memory for me. So the first time I ever saw this film was actually, I think it was sophomore English class. And it kind of kills me because I have no recollection whatsoever in what context our teacher decided to show this to us for. I just, I just remember watching 1776 the musical in sophomore english class and apparently it had some sort of relevance to the subject but i could i couldn't tell you but even like even as a sophomore in high school i'm like what in the fuck is that?" that i yeah i had a couple of those moments
1: and there is one potential and accuracy i'd like to bring up um there's that part where Benjamin Franklin was championing champ champ whatever campaigning for the turkey to be this country's bird and symbol. But in real life he he like jokingly proposed that years later in a letter.
0: I mean, the turkey is a wiser no, it bird.
1: Turkeys are stupid. They're literally one of the dumbest domesticated. Well, I don't, they're not even domesticated. What's the word for this? Uh, dumbest farm? Yeah, whatever. But they're really stupid.
0: To be fair, I have seen a turkey fly into a barbed wire fence before, so
1: Man, I can see there that. There was one time on the ranch where a turkey was roosted in like this branch in a tree right across the draw from where I lived and it tried to take off, but there was twine around its feet that got caught in the branch. So he was just hanging upside down, man. It was like, it was kind of freaky to look at. It was like the spirits or the old gods of the field were sending us a message. Tasty birds, though. I do like some turkey.
0: It just reminds me of that one joke from King of the Hill. Tell me, John, Redcorn, <laughs> do people even celebrate Thanksgiving? Once.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a sordid history behind that holiday. speaking of sordid history remember that one part in the movie where who, who was it that proposed like oh we should free the slaves and the southern states are like lol no and they're like well come on you gotta free the slaves and they're like okay we'll help you out in this war as long as we get to keep our slaves how does that sound this surely won't lead to any conflicts in the future.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was the, like that genuinely was a huge point of contention when they were going through this whole revolution process, because I mean, something you have to think about is like, not only have they made the decision to separate from at this point in world history, the most powerful empire in the world. Um, like, Hey, that's, that's not a task to sneeze at, but secondly, like, okay, you are now creating your own country and you have to decide what it is your country is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to stand for. And that's very hard when, you know, you have 13 very distinct, um, and separate you know groups of people or colonies that you know it's it's like that uh that saying from national treasure where it's like it wasn't until the civil war you know that you know it was the united states are america and then it got switched to united states of america type feeling or mentality yeah so i mean there was like i i know it's kind of a hard thing to wrap around especially seeing as you know we fought a war like 80 years later over the whole slavery thing and like the first 80 years of american history is literally like if you just look at congressional history it's literally just like every four or five years it's some sort of nonsense dealing with this issue where it's like no we can't let this expand or no we can't do this that or the other and then you have you know basically a a lot of concessions towards the south because it's like essentially what they ended up doing which is like screw you guys i'm going home like but i mean the idea of emancipation like it wasn't this like super radical concept at the time of the Declaration of Independence. And it was it was a like there was supposed to be a clause in there about the importation of slaves. And obviously we, we know why that got did away with is because you know, obviously the South wasn't real big on giving up on people owning yet. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I will say, although slavery is a terrible institution, it did lead to the greatest song in this entire movie.
1: Yep, Rum and Molasses and Slaves, the Triangle Trade.
0: Molasses and rum to slaves.
1: (laughs) Nailed it. Clink, clink. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Seventh grade history, the Triangle Trade. Um, It went manufactured goods from Europe to the colonies in Africa. Africa gave the slaves. Middle Passage was slaves to North and South America. And then the sugar cane and other, like furs and shit from North America to Europe. A lot of people got rich off that. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is you could... You could literally, and there's a lot of topics in history that are like this, but you could spend your entire life studying nothing but the mid-Atlantic slave trade, and you would still never fully understand it. Like, you could get a, a pretty good grasp on it, but it, it like, that particular practice, yeah, like, there's so many different parts of it like because a you have the trade aspect but then like you know you have half of a country that like this is probably a poor example or a poor way of relating it but it's like you know how we had the cold war and it was based on economic systems you know capitalism yeah uh, economics and governing styles economics and governing styles (laughs) right the you could almost think of the slave trade as like America's original cold war, because at the end of the day, the, the mid Atlantic slave trade, like the, the South ran on a slave economy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about having a place, like, if you have a place that runs on a a different style economy, obviously there's going to be friction and you know, it's kind of the, the age old tale of the individuals with money and power are going to do everything they can to retain that money and power. There was a, a really good book that I read like a year or two ago. It was called white trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well it, and mind you, it, it's a, it's a long read. Um, I highly recommend doing the audiobook version of it. um, but basically it looks, you know, we, we think, uh, you know, the modern day version of white trash is like the trailer parks and like Florida man and all that stuff. Um, but this book, it goes back to approximately the 1600s in the history of like the quote unquote, like po like po white people. And a big part of the, like the white trash as a class or a group of people is literally you know in the southern plantation slave economy you have you know it's kind of like the 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 what was the the wall street protests a couple years ago whatever they called it it was like yeah occupy wall street you know their thing was like the one percent right or the 99 percent. well in you know the slave economy of the south it's it was very much similar where you had 1% of people who held a majority of the wealth and resources and power. And they were your predominant, like, major slave owners. Well, in a slave economy, you don't really have that big of a middle class. It's either, like, the very small rich class or a very large poor class. And aside from, you know, the... like the free labor aspect of slavery you know the the rich in this book it posits the idea that the way that rich white people kept poor white people in check was basically you know propagating all of the the racist aspects of slavery so the the ideas that you know like the phrenology stuff where you know they are you know people who are enslaved are not as intelligent or um you know all that nonsense um which we like we obviously know today is is utter bullshit but it it makes sense because it's like how do you keep your you know poor white pitchfork wielding people from not tossing you out of your annabelle and south plantation well you you tell them that yeah you might be poor but you know you're not a slave so so yeah there. the people who like and you know after a long you know it's it's one of those things that they get told this long enough that they buy into it and then we do get the civil war where you get you know people who are fighting in the south like you know a majority of people in the confederate army didn't own slaves but they were a hundred percent for the idea and for the system of it, because they had generations of being told that like, yeah, this is where it's at. And it's, it's the same thing. You know, you have a bunch of like a small class of rich white people who are more or less taking advantage of another class of individuals. Hmm. Yeah. But yes, check out the book, white trash. (laughs) It, It, (laughs) it makes that argument in a way smarter idea or smarter words than me but essentially the 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 big takeaway from it is it comes down to a money thing and keeping lower classes in check the status quo. quo right from a variety of like standpoints like whatever way they can sell the idea of it then that's how they're going to do it and i would like to say it's the position of this show that slavery is bad we do not absolutely yeah yeah and we are 100 percent for the union kicking the confederacy's ass (laughs) and then here we
1: have two southern guests in a row (laughs)
0: Oh well, J- JD's from Missouri, I think. So Missouri was kind of like fifty-fifty. I, I thought it was the South. At least I consider it the South. But... There, was, there was some u- mm-hmm. Union, unit, Union units. Some Union units. <laughs> Say that five some times union. fast. Cause yeah, because like my great, 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 w- whatever, he fought in a a union cavalry regiment from cool. Missouri. Cool. Anyways, I don't know really know what the the civil Oh yeah, oh, molasses yeah. and rum. Molasses or oh, yeah. so rum to slaves.
1: The triangle trade.
0: I will say that that song was a bop. It was a bop. I haven't done any kind of performative art thing since like high school. But if there was a chance for me to try out for the guy who's, I think his name was Rutledge. If there was an opportunity for me to try out just to sing that song, I a hundred percent would do it. Oh, you would kill it. No, you would. You would. If you were to, to participate in this in a, in a production of the peer <laughs> players, what what role would you See, go for? Rutledge was the guy
1: that rode in with that orange coat, right?
0: He was the one with like the the satin, like silk, the flamboyant one. Yes, the very puffy, like wrist collar things.
1: Well, yeah, I was gonna say him, but you have him covered. Oh, huh, maybe. Maybe if I gain 100 pounds and start going bald, then maybe I'll think about Benjamin Franklin. Hell, maybe John Adams.
0: I'm not sure if you're cranky enough to be John Adams. Yeah, no, I'm not. It's like, did you ever... And here's the thing. I thought that William Daniels did a stellar job playing john adams and it was weird seeing like a young version of him because you know i don't know if you ever watched boy meets world but that was that was like my (laughs) introduction to him was principal feeney my
1: introduction to we're talking about the same thing right john adams or the actor
0: the actor who played john
1: right but on a related note my introduction to john adams Was the HBO miniseries from two thousand eight? Oh yes, with uh, uh, Paul Giamatti. I it as John Adams.
0: I I love that series. We should uh, we should do that as a series of bonus reels. How many series
1: do we have on the docket? Because I know we have the Pacific, we have Band of Brothers. Now we have John Adams.
0: Well, it's hilarious considering that we have Band of Brothers on our list of stuff to review, and I'm trying to think when this episode will be out. Yeah, this episode should be out by the by the time we've re- before we've recorded the next episode. Anyways, we we have a special guest coming on who was one of the actors from Band of Brothers, um, and we're not talking about Band of Brothers, so. <laughs> Well, you, well, you you know, it's the the guest rule is is they get to pick whatever they want to watch. Um, so I'm like, all are we, right, cool. We're we gonna
1: pitch the idea of him coming along for a Band of Brothers review.
0: It, maybe he actually runs his own podcast, which is all about maybe Band of Brothers. So depends if he
1: likes us or well, not. Well. I'll do everything in my power to be likable, as I always do. I can't help it. I'm a Leo.
0: But he chose a German miniseries. It was like three uh-huh. episodes. It was going to be total watch time. on was four hours, but I digress. If you want to know more about our Band of Brothers, you guess you're, you're going to have to wait until the uh, release see. the episode. You tease. Just,
1: you tease. Just a little bit of a tease. Gotta keep them wanting, I guess.
0: The thing that I found interesting, though, about this is that um, I think it was Ben Franklin. Um, Howard de Silva. That was ah. the name of the actor. Anyways, did you know he was actually in the original cast for Oklahoma?
1: Oklahoma, where the wind goes, sweeping down the plains.
0: Yeah, this movie is a weird cross-section of, like, some OG broadway performers from like the 40s and then a bunch of like c-list actors (laughs) it's it's just a weird combination
1: poor judd is dead (laughs) yeah that that was the i wasn't in it but that was the fall 2009 play when i was in high school Freshman year. I feel like
0: every high school does that except for mine. What plays did your high school do? Like some really big ones. They did Wizard of Oz. Mm. Mm. Um Grease, Sound of Music. Ah. Which I have a beef with Sound of Music. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the production itself. I just I I got a little butthurt when I was in high school. Let me guess, you had to watch the entire movie for a class?
1: No, we we didn't
0: actually. But so I was never really big into theater performances. I did like a competitive thing. It It was called large and individual groups, like large group speech and individual speech. So like there's a bunch of different categories where it'd be like improv or like musical theater or like a one act play type deal for large group. And then basically all the same categories for individual, but you are just by yourself. So I was, I was all for performing arts if it was a competition, which, you know, probably should have like, I can talk with that with like my friend <laughs> someday, but but anyways so i did all of the like competitive performing arts stuff which sounds like an oxymoron but um anyways the the teacher who did this she also did all of the like the theater stuff for the the school so like the productions and like every year she would come to me and she's like hey would you come and do this role for this one and i'm like no i don't want to mostly because i didn't care for her because she was that teacher if you catch my drift um a, a nice not a nice word
1: yeah if you um, will I'll see you next tuesday
0: yes uh to a degree um and i really only had enough energy to put up with her through um like the competitive stuff, but (laughs) she came to me when they were doing sound and music and she's like, we could really use your help. And we'd really appreciate it if you would try out for the play. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, I really don't feel like doing it. Like, you know, I, I'd always come up with some, you know, excuse. Like I got this other thing I'm working on right now, like with Boy Scouts or some shit. Which to be fair, I was always pretty busy with them. But she she tried like two or three different times to get me to try out for Sound of Music. And like the third and last time that made me lose it, she like came up to me. She's like, I just think you would be perfect filling in the role of like a big scary Nazi. I'm like, excuse (laughs) me? (laughs) Would you care to fucking elaborate on why you think I would look great as a big scary nazi <laughs> like i did oh, it I shaved funny. my in high school i shaved my head because that was the easiest oh. hair. it was the easiest haircut for me i could do it for myself at home you, like like you knew me in college like i did the shaved head thing for like up until senior year basically
1: yeah and the one time i shaved my head you kept chanting one of us
0: whenever we hung out <sighs> you should come back actually i can't no i'm not because i've i've grown my hair out now looks good it's surprising what having a wife will do for your hairstyling. styling <laughs> but yeah so i i have a beef with <laughs> ever since then i refused to watch sound of music because it always brings up that memory it was like Thanks. I that that was really great for my my self esteem. There is telling me that I look like a perfect Nazi.
1: (laughs) Um, my compunction with the sound of music. I'm about to spoil it for you. I'm sorry. I know it's on our list, but at the end of the movie, they escape and they go across the Swiss border At a certain spot, I can't remember where it's at. But if they were to cross that particular spot, it would just take them close it would just take them into Germany.
0: One of us.
1: Yeah, like that's not a good escape plan. You're supposed to escape from the Nazis and not go further into their clutches. But what do I know?
0: Nothing. You failed geography.
1: Yeah. I just made the geography be every year it was available again. What do I know about geography, John?
0: Anyways, <laughs> aside from molasses to rum, what was your favorite song in this?
1: No, that that that's pretty much it. Yeah, that that rum and molasses and slaves. He really hams it up.
0: It is is so operatic. It really is. I really liked. I appreciate that they gave an entire song to Henry Lee, <laughs> just kind of the most. Like well, he wasn't all that terrible. Like yeah, he was an original member of Congress and a signer of the Declaration, but like, you know, he's he wasn't a John Adams and he wasn't a Thomas Jefferson. He you know, he was just one of the guys, if you will. And the fact that they just did an entire song making fun of the fact that his last name was Lee. So they're like, let's have every adjective that ends with L-Y in this song. (laughs) I will leave immediately. Immediately. (laughs) Just,
1: Just roasting him for his name. Classic.
0: Oh my god. I will say, like, something I appreciate in this movie, and just in the portrayal of the story, I think John Adams makes for a a great center point in the telling of the story of the Declaration of Independence. Even though sometimes it can come across as, like, he's the only one that wants it. Like, there's plenty of guys in Congress who wants this goal. It's just, they're politicians, so every politician is trying to get as good of a deal for whatever they're pulling for in the process. But like, it just, (laughs) I had to Google a word he said in this musical and it was a fribble. Fribble. Fribble.
1: What's that mean? Like
0: he, he used it as an, he used it as an insult against, I forget Who? um but fribble means a frivolous or foolish person huh is like if i called you a fribble it's the same thing as calling you an idiot and i was like (laughs) i can't wait to like pull that on somebody just someday just so they can be like what the fuck did you call me (laughs) but like the You know the scene where they're making the redactions to the declaration of independence and like everybody wants their like two cents i just i burst out laughing when one dude's like i see here that there's no mention of fishing rights he's like my god how could we have forgotten the fishing rights
1: (laughs) oh yeah and they just like roast the inanity of it
0: all i gotta say 1776 congress seemed a lot more entertaining than today's congress i was gonna bring up that they just seemed
1: well exactly the same just a bunch of old white guys arguing over trivial
0: bullshit, like for instance fish yeah but at least they could like the name calling was more um creative back then
1: yeah, now it's just Nazi this and Nazi that. You're a
0: Nazi. Okay, liberal cuck. Like, come on. What guys. happened? <laughs> well, the, the problem is, is nobody in Congress owns a fucking dictionary. Yeah, we sure know how to pick them, don't we? There's also the official position of this podcast that we are not team either party. Mm-hmm. Fudge him. Fudge him. Bull Moose life. Bull Moose for life. It's been downhill ever since Teddy left the office. Yeah. So what did you what did you think of like they you know, obviously in real life, George Washington was busy leading the army, but the The constant interjection of um like his letters basically being like yeah like we i think george washington is often is probably like the most famous of all the founding fathers Mm -hmm. with maybe the exception being jefferson but i found it interesting that they continuously had him in the story without him actually ever being there
1: You know, I read somewhere that out of all the U.S. presidents, up until the time the slaves were freed, like among the African-American population, Washington was the favorite among them. And yes, even more so than Lincoln. And that's why there's so many black families today with the surname Washington, because that was the name they picked for themselves when they were freed.
0: Followed by Jefferson for different reasons. Ooh, ooh. T- too soon, or? <laughs> I
1: was, um...
0: Yeah, I. A. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate Jefferson's mind, like the philosophical side of his mind. Um, and obviously, he authored, you know. The foundational documents of our government um in our country but also have you ever gone to monitor so you you know he lived his plantation was called monticello mm-hmm. he have designed you ever, it himself have you ever gone to monticello's website no but i'm going there now oh my god you if you if you and or our listeners have never gone to monticello's website you need to because it is the weirdest way, like them acknowledging the affair that Jefferson, as like a fifty-year-old dude, had with a, I believe her her name was Sally Hemings. That sounds about right. Anyways, at the time, she he was like fifty something. And she was a 14-year-old girl who used to be enslaved to him. And he, like, freed her when he went over to France because France didn't allow slavery at that point. And Monticello acknowledges it, but the way they write it, it's very, like... And then he had... uh, he He freed this person and they we are together for a while and it's like guys <laughs> we have a different word for that today that you yeah, could be using
1: she's um <clears throat> was 14 at the time
0: starts starts with a p i think
1: yeah it's mm, it's definitely an eyebrow razor
0: yeah it's like i said i greatly appreciate the declaration of independence i think it is a masterpiece of written work, but Jefferson was still a super super problematic guy. Very.
1: Uh, fa- family Guy has a great joke on him. He's getting his picture, uh, his portrait drawn. You know him and his family, and he said, "You know, what? we should get the whole family in on this picture." And then he like gestures off screen, and a bunch of black kids co show up.
0: I haven't watched Family Guy in forever.
1: You're not missing a whole lot from what I've heard.
0: I'm sure I'm not. I don't know.
1: I'm not going to get off on that rant again. I feel like I've ranted about that. You think band that's movies. bad? You think dance bad? But, you know, I've ranted about Family Guy plenty in the last ten years.
0: Um, I love... Speaking of uh, Founding Fathers, what did you think of my most recent tattoo? I think it's dope. If if you guys haven't seen it, on our Instagram page, I, I posted uh, my most recent tattoo I got, which is of uh, George Washington, and I got that uh, done on the 4th of July, because America. 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 Fuck Yeah
1: and i i got a tattoo recently but it's just the jack of hearts on my left pectoral
0: how was that by the way like pain wise
1: when it started out i barely felt the needle but it started to be a bit more painful towards the end specifically the center because there's a lot of detail and color but you know it wasn't that bad like the the itching isn't even as bad as it was on my first tattoo on my foot
0: i gotta say this most recent tattoo i had was pretty pretty good pain wise because i got it just on my forearm i and like compared to the tattoo i got before that i was like oh this is a cakewalk because i got i got the tops of both of my feet done last time (laughs) one of the most painful places to get a tattoo yeah if i can ever make a recommendation to anybody it's don't ever get the tops of your feet tattooed it's fucking stupid
1: i thought they turned out well
0: no yeah they they look great it's just my god like I apologize to my artist so much because I was like, I'm sorry I'm being a little bitch about this. And he was like, you're fine. And I'm like, doesn't feel like it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, all my life I was told getting a tattoo is like the most painful thing ever. But, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like, even on my first tattoo that was on top of my foot, you know, it's... manageable pain
0: so what did you think about the length of this movie because to me it seemed it seemed a little dragged out
1: oh yes it was very dragged out it was it was quite lengthy we could have we could have
0: cut a couple of songs
1: Oh yeah, yeah, a couple of scenes could have been shortened. I, I'm sure that a lot of the politicking was necessary, but by how much?
0: Right. Or maybe we didn't. Going back to the uh, problematic nature of Jefferson, maybe we didn't need the song by his wife of "I love a man who can play the fiddle." <laughs>
1: yeah wasn't there an entire couple scenes about jefferson banging his wife
0: that just blew my mind that they essentially because like leading up to his wife before his wife getting there you have a scene where there's just like hundreds of crumpled up pieces of paper on the floor in his room and john adams is like what do you mean you haven't written this it's been a week already and he's like i miss my wife (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i missed my way <laughs> the timing his his wife shows up and you know it's heavily implied that they just do it for the night and then jefferson just bangs out the <laughs> bangs out bangs out the declaration of independence <laughs> and it's like it. really guys you're going to tell me that the declaration of independence was like post-nut clarity like
1: <laughs> yep that's all it was—is post nut clarity. In the course of
0: human events, it becomes necessary to rub one out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's how the—that's how the quote goes.
0: Mm-hmm. In the pursuit of that booty or something. Booty. Oh. Ah, so
1: what you drinking tonight?
0: Oh, I poured myself a purple rain
1: oh man I remember when I could drink those I can barely drink them anymore
0: I I switched from like the regular mixer of uh squirt to Sprite zero so it's less sugary
1: oh yeah it is but that used to be one of my go-to drinks
0: I'm surprised I can I'm surprised I can still drink them after one evening with our our buddy Mitch (laughs)
1: oh yeah the year without a santa claus
0: no this was after that oh oh when was this so for our listeners in the town that we went to college uh every bar had a like a drink special night yep and we have a mutual friend his name is mitch and we went to a place that had something called the booze buffet where it was like 12 dollars at the door and it was unlimited wells
1: wait pause was this maya's
0: no No. it was OLC. Oh, okay continue anywho we went there with the intention of like okay we're gonna have two or three drinks because i had like stuff to do the next morning um but you know even going and getting two or three drinks on booze buffet at night is still cheaper than your you know like five or eight dollar drink on any other night so we went and i got my first drink and i'm like man this is really strong but whatever um and i have my second drink and then when i order my third drink i'm like okay this will be it for the night and i was i was feeling pretty good but i'm like oh whatever like maybe Cause it had been like, I had gone through some like weight loss recently. So I'm like, oh my, my body's just changing and how it's handling alcohol. And it was when I ordered the third drink that I re like, I finally saw the bartender making these drinks and I had been ordering purple, purple rains all night and they were just doing straight 50, 50 of the red and blue Maui with no mixer and it was at this point (laughs) that even drunk john could do the math i'm like oh god i am not on drink number three i'm on drink number six (laughs) and when you're on drink number six you're you've pretty much made a commitment for the night
1: yeah you're you're going down a dark path you're like you're
0: like yes i could stop now but the damage is already done yeah, might as well go for broke yeah so needless to say mirando's not happy that <laughs> but what are you having
1: um i just finished it um estrella jalisco they imported beer from mexico
0: hmm. how very american of
1: you mm-hmm. yeah imported beer how american And this, this movie choice is fitting because I recently rewatched watched the uh, 100th episode of South Park. Gee, I wonder what life was like back in those days. Those days. Those days. <laughs> Trying to go back in time to 1776.
0: You gotta just read a book, fat ass. <laughs> well, if you don't <laughs> like it, you get out
1: i have over a hundred hours of the history channel saved on that device <laughs> and it's, when the timer goes off it's going to drop me into the pool along with the thing electrocuting me
0: i should rewatch that episode
1: because yeah. i'm a little
0: bit country
1: and now a little bit rock and roll
0: I think this is probably an episode where we've talked so little about the actual topic.
1: I think we, yeah, we talked about it as much as we can, but in our defense, it's two and a half, three hours, uh, most of which takes place in one room with the same cast of characters.
0: Man, 12 Angry Men got really drawn out. <laughs> You smartass, that's not what I meant. The thing, the thing is, is I, I have that joke saved for about a half dozen movies that we've got to watch coming up. So <laughs> get, get ready to be pissed off at it. God damn it. Hmm. So I don't know about you, but I think it might be time to to rate this. Oh, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. Well, we got to do our custom rating first, and oh, um i hope um i hope you don't mind but i, I have an idea for our, our rating on this go ahead so you know how they kept showing the passage of time like they had the big obnoxious like yeah. day calendar where it's like the size of a person they just tear a sheet off it each day.
1: and yeah, also i got kind of mad
0: at that because they would always do it like in the middle of the day or like the end of a scene And it's like, guys, you got to tear that off at the beginning of the day. So, (laughs) I think there should be one to five giant calendar sheets.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give this um, four out of five ripped calendar sheets. I'm going to dock one for the pacing and the length of it all.
0: I... I will agree with you. This is four out of five calendar sheets because one, the, the songs are truly entertaining and no like tappers. The the thing is, is that if you don't actually really, if you're not like a big history nerd and you don't aren't really big into the story of how the declaration actually came to be like, this is a good movie to demonstrate kind of what 1700s politics was like in not a boring fashion an infinitely better version would be watching the hbo miniseries john adams but if you don't have eight hours to devote to that you watch 7076 and you can also get a good chuckle out of ben franklin singing about how he wants the turkey to be the national bird (laughs) but what does rotten tomatoes say
1: is on rotten tomatoes uh critics give god damn it Uh, critics give this a 74 percent, and the audience gives this an 84 percent
0: i think the audience score is being a teeny bit generous i mean granted it's only a little bit more than ours but i would i still agree with them
1: yeah i'll meet in the middle of these twos and give it a 79 Not a
0: seventy-six. (laughs) Nah. You got me. I know. I know. I'm I'm just so smart like that. Hella. And I know, you know, obviously this is a bonus reel episode. And we this is only our second bonus reel but we've chatted before about the fact that you know you don't always need a like shoot 'em up movie to necessarily be a war movie um i just want to know what your opinion was as far as how close to a war movie do you think this actually is because obviously this is about the revolutionary war it's mm-hmm. about a pivotal moment in the revolutionary war but we never see an actual battle so I'm just curious, is this a war movie for you, yes or no? War adjacent. War adjacent. I think that's that's a good way to describe it. You Which know, is why we didn't do this as a regular fa- episode.
1: It's a big driving factor, that's for sure. That's for sure.
0: I'm curious... Which- I'm I'm looking forward to parsing out the war adjacent category in the future.
1: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be contentious. What do you mean, predator ain't a war movie? It's man versus beast, the conflict. Conflict as in war. Ergo, it's a war movie. Okay. I mean, what just look at the disney pixar movie inside out in literal internal conflict conflict means war the Erco, only war, time and war within yourself
0: the only time inside out comes remotely close to being a war movie is when lewis black blows up <laughs> you, see you agree that it's a war movie i then didn't right. say that i said the closest <laughs> it gets let's let's not twist Can my words all up
1: in People blow up in full-blown war movies. That's it. <laughs> shit. But yeah, I think I think that about wraps it up for this episode.
0: Sounds good. Well, before we sign off, if you like the episode, please leave a review. The stars do matter. Wait.
1: Actually, Actually I have an announcement to make. You have
0: something. Holy shit! You have an announcement. Shut up. But
1: um, there's a movie shooting this month in Pier about the Battle of Kursk. And I expressed interest in it with the director. And he got back to me today and offered me a bigger part in the movie. I don't know what that means yet.
0: Oh, you're actually going to be in it.
1: Hey, shut up. I was in a movie before.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying that as a surprise. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Oh, thank you.
1: But yeah, so that's exciting news from my end.
0: Will the will the director be willing to come on as a guest after the movie's released?
1: I'll ask him. Because and have... that's going to be my pick if and when it comes out.
0: Okay, well, stellar. I'm I'm happy for you.
1: I just got to warn you: this is not a high budget production.
0: Eh, is it? Is like a like a Dolph Lundgren straight to DVD type deal? <laughs> yes, probably. Eh, whatever. Even those can be entertaining.
1: Yeah, that same guy also made a a movie about the Battle of the Bulge. And I'm told it's... Well, the review I read called it the Battle of the Budget. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is... We didn't have money for
0: snow, we had to use potato flakes.
1: (laughs) What? Uh, I, I wasn't a part of that movie, but Levi was and tom berenger was in it remember him
0: where's that intel on those goddamn Goddamn panzers
1: panzers. yep that's the movie i haven't seen it yet either i haven't even seen the first movie i was in dust of war and that was 12 years ago
0: i didn't realize you were in another movie i'm gonna have to google this now
1: it's awful don't watch it i haven't watched too late because i'm told it's bad shut up but, no, yeah, Dust of War by
0: Luke Schutzel. Post-apocalyptic American Frontier. So what is your uh, role in this? Poker-playing
1: soldier. We had, we...
0: They it's not rated.
1: Ooh, scandalous. I know, right? It gets pretty X-rated. But... Um,
0: How could IMDB they, only give this a 3.9? I
1: know, it's an fucking masterpiece but anyway it was me one of my classmates named Doug and my buddy Jake and you know we got there and they had all these dirty ass uniforms like my pants were from the Civil War like a Union soldier's pants but the jacket I had was from Vietnam. And my hat was a Union soldiers hat. And my buddy Doug just got like shorts and a uh, Army Corps of Engineers button up. And my buddy Jake was in full desert camo. So yeah, it was very eclectic, our uniforms. And they plopped down a deck of cards and gave us a bunch of tiny rocks. And told us make a game out of this. So my buddy Jake got an idea. He proposed the game Jake wins. I hate that game. I always lose. But (laughs) what what we were supposed to do. That's where
0: you have to come up with a BS rule. Where like if you get a certain hand combo. Then you get to drop a letter from your name. Or add a letter.
1: (laughs) But like we were playing playing this and during our scene the protagonist walks by in chains and when he got to a certain point we agreed that up until this point we were like into the game into this non-existent game like we had a, each a handful of rocks and we were shaking them like come on come on let's go let's go and then when he got to a certain spot we threw the rocks down and me and Doug went, oh, but Jack, uh, but Jake went, yeah. <laughs> and he so, collected all the rocks for himself.
0: Sounds intense.
1: Oh, it was hilarious. And then I also had this other brief part later that same day where I had to supervise <laughs> a, bunch a bunch of, of child, child soldiers, soldiers and their baby the the shit out of a crippled, crippled one. one. And, and they, they gave me a baseball bat. bat. And in a, a fake, fake glock. glock. And, they, and told they told me like, like, pose, like pose with this. this. So, so I like put,
0: like, put the, the baseball, baseball bat across, across my shoulders and like wrap my arms around it, it draped it down, it down while holding the pistol and watching,
1: watching them. them. And, <laughs> and my buddy Graham, Graham who's is the brother of the director, director comes, comes up to me afterwards. Dude, you, you look so badass. Oh, Oh, man, man, that that was a good good time.
0: time. But were you badass?
1: No. Oh. Not actually, but the the audience doesn't need to know this. Oh, that's fair. I'll see if I can find a picture of it to send you. you.
0: Well, you know what I'm going to choose the next time it's my turn?
1: (laughs) If you say (laughs) Say Dust Dust of War, I swear to God, I will touch you right on your penis.
0: Is that supposed to be a deterrent?
1: Maybe. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't (laughs) think I'd get this far. Anyways,
0: we need to bring this episode to a close for no particular reason. Okay. (laughs) That was supposed to be a you touching my penis joke. (laughs) You know it's not a joke. I am a happily married man. (laughs) I'm not. Butters! Butters! (laughs) Little hamburgers! Oh, wow. Dad went to this place and wrestled a whole lot of men.
1: (laughs) One guy had him pinned for 10 minutes.
0: Must make clean.
1: Must make clean.
0: All right. As I was saying, if you like the show or the episode, leave us a review. The stars do matter. Please don't give us a bad review because we said stupid shit for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Armchair Commanders podcast. And we have greatly enjoyed having you with us. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And we will catch you next time. Bye.